Hi, this is Dr. Dave, and I have Ashley here with me. Hi. You're just going to not do anything? <laughs> no, nope, not going to do anything. I'm just okay. going to sit, let you, let you chat. Uh, so this week we got to interview our good friend Kent, and Kent's a friend of Ashley and mine. Mm -hmm. We met uh, him and his wife when we were in Richmond, Virginia, doing medical school. So Kent came on to ask me some of my stories. Kent's mm -hmm. not in medicine. And so the episode was him asking me questions, similar to the first episode I did where I interviewed Jamil. Or I guess Jamil interviewed me. Yeah. So it's it's one of those episodes where I'm telling my stories. And as much as I started this podcast to share stories and to hear other people's stories, I really deep down want to share a lot of my own stories. <laughs> I, I like we got down to it. I like sharing stories. So when I'm in the OR, when I'm talking to people at parties, I share so many stories, and I feel like I'm just always sharing stories. And this was just a way to get them all out. And as much as I want to interview friends and colleagues, I like sharing my own story. So it was great to have Kent on. We talked about diabetes. I definitely am not a fan of diabetes. If you have diabetes or if you're struggling with obesity, you know, we talk about it. We share some stories. We laugh a little bit. This is not to say that we're laughing at the disease or that we're judging anybody. It's just one of those diseases. It's hard to live with and it affects a lot of people's lives. I think that the common thread through everything we talked about with Kent was surprises. That we did not know what was happening <laughs> in, with this patient, what was going to happen, what ended up happening, uh, a lot of the complications that come, I guess, with, with diabetes and in most surprising ways. I would say. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's a common thread. There's a little sharp left turn in each of my stories today. <laughs> yeah. Um, some surprising outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, Toward the end, we run into some audio issues. So the last few minutes we couldn't use because uh, some microphone issues. I'm going to blame it on Kent. I don't know if it's really his problem, <laughs> but I'm not going to take the blame myself. But we had to cut out a That's little fair. bit of the, at the end. Mm -hmm. So it's a little abrupt. It just kind of finishes the story. Then it's a quick, thank you for coming on because I had to cut out that section. So if there's a little jump, that's what it's for. And I hope you enjoy this episode. So this is On Call with Dr. Dave. Today I have one of my good friends, Kent. Kent has graciously agreed to come on the podcast and ask me some questions. He's probably heard a few of my stories before. He was a little sad that Jamil already asked me about the stiletto <laughs> in the uh, eye story, since that's one of the, the go-to stories. <laughs> one of the, it's one uh, of the best stories. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, I met Kent at the same time I met Jamil living in Richmond when I did med school. So Kent, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So Jamil took one of my top stories, but I do have other stories, yeah. which is the whole reason I'm doing the podcast. I feel like I have a lot of different stories to share. So one time I was doing an exam. So this patient had diabetes. So obesity and diabetes tend to go hand in hand, unfortunately. Yep. Yep. So I was taking care of a patient. He's been diabetic for years and I'm getting him checked into the hospital. This is my intern year. So I'm doing general medicine at this point. And I'm doing a nice full exam, filling his pulses, talking to him, listening to his heart sounds, his breath sounds. And then at the very end, you kind of work your way down. And at the end, I'm doing what's called pedal pulses. So the, the pulse is just down kind of by your ankles. And I'm going to be a good intern. I'm not going to miss anything. So I decide, you know, instead of just reaching through the sock or put my hand out, I'm just going to take the socks off, do a good exam. So I take his socks off, fill his pulses. He doesn't have great pulses down there, but I can get a faint pulse. And then I'm looking at him and I say, oh, when we, you know, I asked you about your history, you never mentioned your toe amputation. And he looks at me and says, I've never had a toe amputation. I say, sir, were you born without a toe? And he says, no. 
I said, well, sir, I can count really well. You have nine toes. <laughs> and so, in the medical school, I can count. So, at one point, and people forget surgeries all the time. It's not that uncommon that people say, oh, yes, oh. this surgery. <laughs> and so I, I just look at him and say, I don't know what to tell you, sir, but you have nine toes. He says, no, I've never lost a toe. And so he's kind of starting to freak out. I'm starting to freak out. I look inside of his sock. No. And the toe was inside his sock. It was the closest I came to throwing up in front of a patient. And it wasn't a, it didn't have an odor. So I'm guessing just diabetes, it ruins blood supply. This toe had probably had dry gangrene. And oh then my gosh. It just How long came it been in there? I I asked him, I oh. said, Sir, when was the last time you changed your socks? Oh no. Uh, and he said, I don't remember. And I said, well, uh, it's nom. been a while. Nom. And- Goodness gracious. <laughs> and so I had to tell him that your diabetes has progressed at least to the point where you're losing digits. And we might want to get on top of this. I can't even remember oh what the guy God. was checking into the hospital for. But no, that was traumatic for me, traumatic for him. No, it has progressed to the point where you're unknowingly losing digits. Yeah, like, exactly. Your diabetes could be at a point where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm using toes. But you're unknowingly, like, by accident, having toes fall off. That's a whole other level of diabetes. This guy it's, is jumping out of bed the next day and just hitting the floor. <laughs> you oh, know? gosh. I guess. So I've, I've told people often that I wish diabetes was at least partially painful. Pain, unfortunately, is one of our <laughs> best motivators in medicine. If it hurts, people do something about it. I right. wish it hurt. I wish people were afraid of diabetes like they're afraid of cancer because some of the worst things I saw in medicine were diabetic related. Even in the OR today, somebody's surgery was canceled. It wasn't one of mine. It was one of my colleagues. Surgery was canceled because the guy was uh, diabetic and his blood sugars crashed right before surgery and they had to cancel the surgery. And it just ruins things and it just destroys blood vessels. The diabetic eye exams that I had to do as a resident, just looking at people's eyes. It's the number one cause of blindness in the United States right now. So really, you know, in my in my world, it is past, you know, it used to be glaucoma, mm-hmm. even right. trauma. Nope. It's just all diabetes now. So wow. as much as much as there's no guilt or shame, or I don't want people to feel bad about eating habits. I do think as a society, we need to find a way to manage diabetes and to manage some of these health problems because it is just a horrible thing to have. I, I wouldn't wish diabetes on anybody. So wow. get out there, lift some weights, you know, uh, <laughs> get, on that, get on that so, meat diet. Well, and the thing too, <laughs> di- diets are really hard to stick to. Oh yeah, it and, is. It is. And yeah. So it's really hard. And they've shown that resistance training, so lifting weights, kind of straining mm. against weights is really protective against diabetes at all weights. So even if you're obese or overweight, if you are, still lifting weights and the kind of pushing against the, that resistance, you actually have some protection against diabetes, even if you're morbidly obese. So interesting. Go lift some weights, you know, don't get diabetes. Don't wait to get there. Yeah, Don't get a sock amputation. I would not recommend <laughs> a sock amputation to anybody. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. That's I want to know if there's ever been anybody else in the history. I mean, I want to know how many sock amputations are happening in the uh, world yeah. it, it let <laughs> us know in amazing. the comments i guess if you've ever heard yeah. of one before just let me know <laughs> accidental amputations like that you don't even know happened as a patient that's yeah. remarkable 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to see any more of those. It brings me back to before I even got in medical school, like I said, I don't like diabetes because it just is horrible. So before I was in medical school, I was shadowing in a clinic just to get my shadowing hours for my application. And this guy came in and this one did stink. He said there was an odor, some, you know, like discharge in his sock. And then we look at him Mm -hmm. and I ask him what's going on. He says, oh, I stepped on a glass. And I said, oh, how long ago? Three months but diabetes also kills your like your nerves as well. So he couldn't feel he didn't this. Feel it. Oh my god. So and so, oh. three months after this injury, I'm digging out pieces of glass from oh his my foot, god. and it's just gross and disgusting. <laughs> so it's just it's oh the worst. Goodness. It's the worst disease. It should be as scary mm. to people as cancer. Um, I yeah. I don't. Luckily, in what I do now, day to day, I don't have to focus on diabetes as much because the eyelids maintain good blood supply for a really long time. And so right. I can get away with, I can get away with yeah. all the surgeries I need to. Some surgeons can't. I mean, if you're going to do a full facelift, you can't, but a lot of eyelid stuff I can still do even with diabetes, but yeah, you know, yes. Of all the ways that someone's going to come into the doctor's office is there, uh, there's this odor. Is that one of the worst or that, that is one of the worst. There was. There was a nurse when I was in medical school. I didn't care for this nurse directly, but the power of people to just dissociate and to ignore things is amazing. So even if people know better, I see cancers that are growing on people's faces for a while. And they ignore it until it gets big enough that finally somebody pushes until them. It and they, they know. They don't know. But this this nurse, unfortunately, she she knew what it was, but she, just in her brain, she didn't want to face the fact that she had cancer. So her she own, had a her, her, her own, own cancer on her own, her own face. So on, her on own this person. one, th- this was breast cancer, and she okay. had a little. She had a nodule that then spread, and then mm. it eroded through the skin, and then oh. became this oh, huge no. mass. And she just kept ignoring it because she just didn't want to face reality that it was cancer. And so what finally brought her in was the odor. It stunk so bad oh because it was gosh. this open wound because of the breast cancer that that's what brought her in. So. Yeah. If it's a smell bringing you in to the OR, the ER, the the doctor, then usually like things have gone it's gone on way too far. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if you're a GI, if you're a gastrointestinal doctor and you come in for an odor, I guess that's what they see most of the time. So right. <laughs> it's like part of the job, part of the game. Especially Ashley's Jeez. brother Kyle. A little th- little uh, right. shout out to Kyle. We always tease him about <laughs> gas, but cute <laughs> Kyle. Crazy. Yeah, but if, if you're waiting until something stinks before you see the doctor, that's that's not the first sign. You should come in way before there's there's a there's a sense of smell about anything of your about your diagnosis. Right, Dave, are you um, just standing at a checkout line, like looking at like at the checkout person fixing this person in your brain, and be like, oh my gosh, if I could just have this person in my office for like twenty minutes, I could take that off i could fix this just do you look so like i'm in the security Mm -hmm. industry i walk into people's houses and i'm like oh yeah okay you've got some smart home stuff you've got some cameras you've got you know some sensors around oh very very nice very nice you've you've done a good job you know but like sometimes you know you walk in and it's just like oh well there's nothing here so you know you can be robber but uh, i mean yeah you could be robbed today. <laughs> and i'm walking out of your bathroom with your candle um 
No, um, I mean, do you, do you, I got to think as a doctor, you just look at people just, or maybe you don't, maybe you just kind of put up that. um... Yeah. So good, good question. I I try to turn it, I try to turn it off as much as I can because I do notice way too much about people. I'll just walk around, I'll see things about them. You know, there's certain things that you can look at and tell somebody's been even on steroids for a long period of time, just chronic steroids. You can tell people have had like HIV medicines just based on some of the changes they have in their body. So I try to turn it off when it's anything Anything cosmetic. cosmetic. So if it's cosmetic cosmetic, and people are looking and I can see their eyelids skin or or something purely cosmetic, cosmetic, then I just completely ignore it. Um, I I will say that it's not cosmetic. It's typically like he's, he's like, that person has cancer, like on their, on their face, I can see the cancer on their face or like we're somewhere and you hear somebody cough and he's like, they have COPD. Just, it's usually definitely medical. Not very often is it plastic from my, my well, observation. And, and if it's purely plastics, I just ignore it. I don't comment on it. I notice that I see it. Yes, that person would look beautiful if I did a blepharoplasty. Hey, that guy could use a hair transplant. Great. But if it's just purely <laughs> cosmetic, I, d- I don't even mention it to people. But if it's cancer, like Ashley said, I will even go to the person and say, hey, you don't need to come see me. I'm not drumming up business, but that's obviously cancer. One thing I notice a lot with people is when their eyelashes start to tilt down. So if you have eyelashes that look like snuffleupagus, you probably like have sleep face, apnea. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's related. That's, that's an indicator. Yeah. No, so so weird, you huh? get you get something called floppy eyelid syndrome, and the eyelashes start to tilt down, and it's usually yeah. obesity and sleep apnea in a combination. And so if I walk around, I see some of their eyelashes tilting down. I'm like, oh, I, I would hate to share a bedroom with that person because they're probably snoring all night long. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But, yeah, the only people I approach are people where it's cancer or something that looks serious. And I say, hey, you should go get that checked out. Most people, I just try to ignore it. But I'll notice things that people don't want me to notice. I'll notice people that have had hair transplants. They don't tell anybody. I'll see a little facelift scar on people that I know and say, oh, well, I don't know if it's supposed to be known, but I know they had a facelift. (laughs) Kent, thank you so much for coming on. I love talking to you and thank you for asking those questions. It's always, uh, it's always fun to just even see what I remember because I don't have a plan when I invite people on. And so some of these stories I haven't thought about in years either. So it's just interesting to see what comes up when people ask me things. So thank you. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks, Kent. My pleasure. Have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Dr. Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please rate, review, and share this episode so that we can continue to get you more stories in the future.